Hello, welcome back to How to Rewrite Your Stars. I'm your host, Benjamin Fincher, and today I'm joined by Tracy. Is it Bacon Haster or Bacon Haster? Bacon Aster. Bacon Aster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got me on that one. <laughs> um, so Tracy is the founder and CEO of Design and Renew Career and Finance Coaching, the Break the Cycle podcast, and the Design and Renew Tribe, a membership community for those looking to break out of the cycles they find themselves in to have lasting change. I use, she uses her diverse background, professional and personal experience and passion to help others live the life that they're called to live. So with that kind of bio and introduction, what else can you tell us about yourself, Tracy? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a really kind of interesting and diverse background that really kind of led me to where I am. So I mean, I was a single mom for a long time and really experienced firsthand those struggles that a lot of people face when it comes to money and their you know, career and life, you know, struggles that people run into. I mean, at one point in time, I had probably 10 different credit cards. Most of them were maxed out. I had, you know, the student wow. loan decks. I was living off of that. Yep. I did the refinance on the house to try to consolidate credit cards. I mean, I did all the things that you're not supposed to do with money because I didn't know any better. And I was just trying to survive. Um, I was going wow. to school full time, working part time, making, you know, like $18,000 a year. So it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I need money somewhere. And that's kind of where it came from instead of, you know, doing things a more smarter way, which, you know, you live and learn, but being able to go through that and that hardship and going through a lot of career frustration through my life, but also being able to help other people in that space really kind of opened the door to allow me to do what I do now with people, which has been very, very enjoyable. So, I mean, I love it as far as personal background me, I'm married. I've been married for two years. We just had our anniversary actually in the beginning of May, which was fun. Um, Have a little munchkin, obviously from being a single parent. He is now eight. He's going to be a third grader this year. And it just blows my mind. Time has just flown by so fast. (laughs) So have a, have some furry babies as well. Giant great Pyrenees mix. And then we have two little furry cats. And one of them is the most ornery cat in the world. He's what all the cat videos are made of. So (laughs) (laughs) nice. Well, that's awesome. Like, I can definitely tell that you're well qualified to be able to help other people. (laughs) Um, The episode that released last week, not the one that was recorded last week, but the one released last week with Rob Tool, he talked about kind of a similar thing where he had gone through a bunch of things. And then he, he mentions that he's like, you know, I feel like I just paid admission for a lot of people. And it sounds like you've got a very similar thing where you could have said those exact same words and just said, you know, I would draw this. I feel like I paid admission for a lot of people that they don't have to go through this. Yeah, I like that. It's a really good saying too, that paying admission for others. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. And not like we necessarily want to make a habit out of it with hard lessons. We'd rather take other people's admission that they share and like learn from it instead but like when we go through our own things we get like two options okay we can like do something with it or we can do nothing with it and if we do something with it we may as well help other people as well mm-hmm. instead exactly. of being selfish and hoarding it to ourselves yep yep i mean you get a lot of people that talk sometimes about you know, oh, would you take things back? Or if you could change your past, would you do it? And I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I would get rid of this, this, and this. And I'm like, 
as much as my background kind of sucks in some aspects, I'm grateful for it because just like what you said, I'm able to now take that, learn from it, but then help others by, you know, having experienced it. And I wouldn't change that for anything, you know? Yeah. So it would have been lovely to not have any struggles and have, you know, the happy little marriage right from the get go with the, the kid and the other parent and all these different things. But I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, it's made me a stronger person. It's helped me really mature and learn a lot and now be able to pass that wisdom on to other people. Yeah. Well, and talking about this reminds me of something I heard. I'm trying to remember where I heard it from. It could have been something from by Bob Proctor. It could have been somewhere else I heard about this. But this, a few decades ago, this TV show was trying to get off on like, off on the air right and the concept was it's this train that travels through time and basically it's the timeline of every person and so like one person gets on the train they run back through their life and they can tell the conductor to stop whenever they want to so they can get off and change something so it's like okay that kind of sounds like a neat concept but then they were talking about on like a saturday night live or one of those talk shows or whatever and they asked like one of the stars in it they're like yeah wouldn't that be so cool like what what part of your life would you go back and change he's like nothing and they're like why he's like every single thing that has happened to me has led me to be who i am today if i change anything i no longer am where i'm at today i no longer have learned what i've learned and the funny thing about it is that wasn't exactly a uh, raving review for the show. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't use the concept of the show if it was possible. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Like, yeah, like, I can see what I could kind of shoot him in the foot a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, like the main star is like, I wouldn't use this. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit of bad publicity, no big deal. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, you never heard of the show anyways, so... <laughs> but but it really is true it's like if you change any little aspect like all of a sudden your life is now who knows how different Mm -hmm. it's just it's just like if you go 100 miles in one direction if you change your course by the setting of one degree on a compass you're now 30 miles different at least or something like that Yep, exactly. Maybe only 20, but like you go another 100 and now it's 40 and mm-hmm. it keeps compounding even worse and worse unless you course correct. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, so with all that, what kind of led you to decide to help other people with what you'd gone through instead of just going, well, okay, I fixed my life up and now let's hope for the best and keep going. Yeah, so it's actually really interesting because I was working in higher education. I was actually working at our local community college, which is one of the biggest community colleges in like the country. It's massive. Um, Spending a lot of time, you know, with students on, and it's a very diverse community college. So it's people from, you know, right out of high school all the way up to like 60, like full career changers and the whole gamut. And so I was working in that space and I was planning on making my career there. I mean, I loved working with people and helping them and developing them. And I was like, I'm going to make my career here. I got into a position where I was spending a lot of time in the high schools and I started to kind of see these students. I mean, in one, probably about a three, four month time frame, I spoke to about 3,500 high school students. Wow. And yes, it was quite a, quite extensive, very busy semester to say the least. And now with that, was that like one-on-one? 
it was in group settings typically. Okay, so okay. yeah, so I, I'd usually go talk to classrooms. So usually anywhere from 10 to 30 kids a, a class. So okay, it was still like still... talk to me and interact with me if they wanted to. It was like a big giant room full of kids. Right. Um, and the kind of came to the synopsis of these kids have no clue what real world looks like. They have no idea what they really want to do. Even the ones that think they know what they want to do, they really don't. I mean, most of them, I always heard from the girls, it was always nursing or social work. That's all I ever heard. And I'm like, and that's great. And I understand that because you have a desire to help and, you know, nurture people, but there's so many other careers out there. And from the, the men, it was always, the young men, it was always like, oh, maybe engineering, or I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm a professional athlete. Like, it was just these things that you're just like, okay, have you ever tried this career? Have you ever actually seen it in action? Have you ever done a job shadow or internship or any of these things? And it was all like, oh, no, I just did this because I want to make money or because it sounds good. Or, oh, my mom is this, or my friend's parent is this. And I'm like, well, no wonder we're in the situation we're in as adults where we all think we have to go to college and we have to go into this career field because that's the one I picked. Then you get to college and you realize, I hate this. This is not at all what I want to do. And now we're back to square one, but now we're paying for it. And right. just seeing and that. And out of the nose too. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I just, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, the, and they had no clue about college debt. I mean, to them, my favorite question, I'd always ask students, because obviously community college is cheaper than, you know, typical four-year. So I'd always ask, you know, what is the average cost for a bachelor's degree? And you know, they I get like, oh, ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars. Or sometimes I get like twenty or thirty, and I'm just like, hmm, it's a lot higher. And that when I tell them the average for public universities around a hundred thousand dollars, they or their mouth would just drop. Like, what? Like they had no clue. And I go back to me in high school, I'm like, yeah, I didn't either. We didn't have a clue. You know, nobody who's ever been in high school had a clue what adult life really looked like and how college, you know, all that looked. And that really got me on a path of I want to change this is no wonder I ended up in the situation I did because that was how I was I didn't know I you know changed my my major 10 different times when I got to college because I went to college because that's what you do and I didn't know what I wanted to do so I tried all these different things and so I started to kind of build a, a business plan on how can I start a business to help you know them and at first it was kind of more of like oh maybe I'll do it on the side kind of help change a few things and then as I progressed through my um, my career there at the college, I ended up getting a supervisor who really didn't see eye to eye with me in that space, um, was much more about helping themselves more so than helping the students. And I was like, you know what? And so I would, they kind of restricted to what I was allowed to do. And I was like, you know what? I can do this on my own. I can do this all by myself. So I ended up actually going and just like, I'm gonna just do this. And I started up the business and initially with that aspect of helping high school students realize you know, the reality, what they're facing, helping them actually find the career that is the best fit for them, helping them understand finances. And then as I started developing that, started doing that, I was like, well, what about people who were like me, who didn't get that help in the beginning and are now in a hot mess and don't want to be there, but they don't know what to do. Right. And so that's kind of when I also then started doing a lot more adult coaching. Um, so I do both adults and, and high school students. And a lot of it looks the same. The biggest difference is obviously the high school students they're nice and moldable. They haven't screwed up yet. <laughs> uh, when we're adults, yeah. we've already made those mistakes. And so then it's kind of like digging yourself out of the hole instead of, you know, digging the hole itself. So. Right. Well, well that reminds me of like even my situation uh, right now. It's like, I grew up 
knowing a lot more than the average Joe about finances because my parents would talk to me about it more than the average parents. Mm-hmm. And not a whole ton more either. Like my mom was a coupon clipper. So I like always knew how to scout for a good deal. I knew how to compare like, okay, if we're going to buy something, compare it between five different stores. <laughs> yep. And for me, like since I've gotten out of my parents' house, I've been like, okay, like there's a certain extent that's helpful. And there's a certain extent you're just wasting your time at that point. It's like if you're if you're saving like cents for per shop, shopping trip, just go to one store. If you're saving like dollars, okay, shop around. Right. If you're saving lots of dollars, okay, bring a coupon. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I agree. And it's like those different things. But then even like with credit cards, they started me out with a credit card 16, 17, 18. I don't remember exactly how old I was. Some One of those years old. Um, and they taught me to make sure that I always paid it off at the end of the month because then I was essentially just borrowing money from the bank or from the credit card company and particularly credit cards that like give you points back or percentage back now they're paying you instead of you paying them well that was all well and fine up until a couple years ago where um i was in a slightly similar situation to you but without as much experience to be able to start a business because i started a business but didn't know how to get it rolling such that i could count on it for income and to be able to rely on. And so I'd quit my job because I felt like it was time to just focus on my business. And then I started seeing some success in my business, but it wasn't as much as it needed to be. And I started using my credit card more with the idea of, okay, my business will start doing better and I'll be able to pay this off like in a couple months. Mm. And I'm still there. Yep. <laughs> like two yep. years later. I'm like, eh, could have made some better choices. <laughs> but that's honestly, that's the, uh, everybody finds themselves in that position. I mean, I get countless people that are, oh, well, I'm going to pay it off every month if I get a credit card. And I'm like, and that's awesome. The percentage of people that are able to do that consistently forever is very, very low. Right. Because the reality is things happen, you know, like, okay, I'm going every month, I'm paying it off, I'm doing the things. And then all of a sudden this big expense hits and I don't have the cash for it. So I put it on the credit card and now I can't pay it off that month because I don't have the full money. And then it's just a snowball effect from there. And it works in business too. I mean, it's, it's a very easy thing to do because you're like, especially in business, because we don't know when that income is going to happen. So we use the debt to say, okay, let me help build my business. You know, let me pay for this marketing thing or this opportunity and sometimes it pays off and it's awesome. And sometimes it doesn't, at least not right away. And we find ourselves in those positions. And yes, credit cards are, I mean, they, they're one of those things that they, they are very good at what they do. They know exactly yeah. how to get people into the trap and how to, you know, oh yeah, you, you paid off your month. Oh, no interest for, you know, six months. You'll have plenty of time to pay everything off. And then six months comes and passes and you still have the balance you're carrying over and over. Right. And it's, yes, it can, it can definitely, I mean, I know the credit card game so well from experience it myself, but it's not fun. Ten, ten credit cards, <laughs> you said, right? And most yes, of them I had, I had the store credit cards. I had the bank credit cards because I was like, oh yeah, it's what you do. It's what everybody does. That's what I saw my parents do is they put everything on a credit card. And then my mom still, she does, but she does pay it off every month, but she only puts on there certain things. I'm like, if you use it, if you do restrict it, like, hey, I'm only using this for gas and groceries. 
to help build your credit or whatever, that's, you know, if you can stick to it, most people can't. But if you can, then sure, if you use it for that method, then yes, it can benefit you. But most people don't don't stay there very long. <laughs> right. Well, well, and the good thing is, is at this point, it's like, okay, I've been able to like, go get a job while I'm still getting my business on its feet. Mm-hmm. And so I have one of my two credit cards paid off. And so it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm making progress, but now it's like, okay, it's a matter of the discipline to keep going. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's applicable to so many other things in life yeah. anyways, is that you, you have to be able to discipline yourself because yeah, motivation, awesome. But discipline is what keeps you going. Yes. Yes, it is. Exactly. That's a... Sorry, my dog's like, oh, somebody's here. Hey. It's all the, the background. <laughs> and yeah, it's like when you can get yourself to that place where you're disciplined or like at this point I'm married. And so like working together with my wife, it's like, okay, like uh, discipline isn't always like we remember that word being used as a kid of like, okay, you're going to be disciplined and here's the belt. Like it's not always that I, as a kid, I used to think consequences was always a bad thing because that was the only way I'd heard it used discipline and consequences can both have good meanings to them too. Consequences can be like, oh yes, you worked a job and now you have a paycheck or yes, you help people and now there's more opportunities or so many different ways consequences can be good and not just bad as well as discipline. doesn't have to mean like, oh, you're getting punished. It can mean like, okay, you are just saying, I will do something in a way that is consistent that is different from what my natural instincts want to do no i like that i like that aspect of looking at consequences as they can be positive it can be a positive consequence you know and you, people can call it a reward or whatever but it's the same concept of okay you do this thing and here's the outcome that comes from it whether it's good or bad right. i like, like that that's a really good way to kind of shift that mindset on that yeah it, and I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into your story here, Tracy. Um, I know you kind of gave us a synopsis, but where do you feel like you were able to rewrite your stars? Like what kind of steps did you take that led you ultimately to the place you're at today from where you had been, like you described at the beginning? Yeah. So, I mean, when I first started, so go back to like the high school, Tracy, the high school, Tracy, was a very insecure girl, very um, self-conscious, very not in a good space, was always looking for kind of that affirmation, that attention, not in the sense of, oh, look at me, look at me, but just that, hey, I need the affirmation that I am pretty or that I am okay or that people do like me. And so it started there. And so a lot of attention came from guys. I, I dated a lot of people, just made a lot of poor decisions and ended up you know, pregnant with my son at 20 years old. And that was kind of the first thing of a wake up call for me because I could have just kept doing what I'm doing. A lot of people do like, oh, I got pregnant, you know, either terminate or I have a baby or I could do adoption or whatever. And I was like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to start changing my life. Because at that point I wasn't going anywhere. I was living with my grandma. 
my grandparents, you know, just kind of doing my thing. I was in hair school because I'm like, oh, it's cosmetology. I like makeup. Let's just go there and try this and not really doing anything with my life, not really having any goals or plans for my future. And so getting pregnant with my son was kind of that wake up call that was like, hey, I can either use this, like you said, there's that situation. I can either go this way with it or I can go this way with it. And I wanted to say, no, I now have this other person that's going to be relying on me. I need to get it together. Um, and so right at that point, I actually decided to enroll in college because I was like, you know, if I'm going to do anything, I need to go, go get a college degree. Cause of course that is the mentality and it can be very beneficial. So I went to community college and like I said, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up working with a career counselor and kind of narrowed down to the aspect of business and marketing. Cause I'm very creative. I love people. I love problem solving. So I was like, okay, this is a good space. Um, still had no clue what that meant for my future, but I knew this was the direction I was headed. And so from there, it was just aligning all of my decisions to get me to this point of, I knew I wanted to work in this space. I knew I wanted to do this. I had no idea I was going to ever own a business, had no desire to ever own a business. I was like, oh, it sounds cool, but that's not practical. So that wasn't even on the radar. It was more like, hey, I'm going to go in this space. I want to be you know, a career person in the business space. I'd love to get up to like high level leadership. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And so a lot of it was growth and development along the way. Um, for the first time in my life, I didn't have a boyfriend and I didn't have one for three years, which is the longest I'd ever been single in my life. And <laughs> just found myself in this whole new world of like, I need to figure out who is Tracy? What does she want? What is her path? And how do I get there? And so really just making those decisions. So knowing that starting at community college, I started to, you know, pick internships and career fields that I was wanting to try and learn and build my experience and build my network. And so just a lot of those, those areas. And then after I got my bachelor's degree, I did want to get a master's. I wanted to go push myself as far as I could. I was the first one in my family to get a, you know, a master's degree. And for a lot of them, bachelor's, most of my family doesn't have a bachelor's degree. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm a competitive person and I'm somebody that's like, all right, let's just keep pushing. How far can I go? So then I got into my master's and the master's I picked was business psychology because my undergrad was in business. And I was like, Ooh, well, I love psychology. I love people and why they work the way they do and do what they do. And so in that program is when I really started to self-develop because a lot of it being in the psychology aspect was self-assessments and you know, doing a disc assessment or strengths finder or Myers-Briggs and all these things to learn more about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was just so empowering to see like, okay, this is who I am. Here's where my passions are. Here's where I feel fulfilled. Here's what I want to be doing. And then starting to open that door to say, okay, what's possible? Anything's possible. Instead of being narrow-minded on here's where I'm going to go. I was like, what else is options? What else is out there? And that's when I started to kind of see this issue and problem that existed in our society and just kind of had that moment of why, why don't I fix this? Like nobody else is addressing this. Somebody needs to address this. This is why, you know, we're in as much debt as we're in, in the U.S. This is why we're in the struggles we're in in the U.S. Why is nobody addressing this? And so from learning like myself, my strengths and my skill set, and working through that process of really just coming to learn who I am and what I wanted to do and the impact I wanted to have on the world, then seeing that opportunity present itself of here's the problem I know I can fix and help with, it just kind of connected and just clicked from there. Um, I mean, that was, that was a huge piece. And along the way, I mean, I am a religious person and it really 
getting reconnected with God, going back to church, I got involved in a small group and I'm still at that same small group. And although some ladies have come and gone out of it, it has been a very, very big impact on my life, on how I look at things, on how I, you know, grow and, you know, look at myself and all these other areas. So it was just these constant pivots and just knowing, okay, even if I don't know the end destination, I know I need to do these things to help build myself and build, you know, my skill set to make me a strong candidate for whatever is to come. Right. And I think it's important you bring up the spiritual aspect too. And I don't know that we'll go really deep on this here, but just remembering that we are not just our bodies. We're not just our minds. We're not just our emotions. We're also spirits. Mm -hmm. We're spirits that have a body that feel emotions and have a brain. (laughs) And neglecting any of those four, we're going to end up with problems. Mm -hmm. And so even if we're just talking about finances here, there's still those other aspects to it that it's like, okay, remember that you still need to take care of your body. You still need to take care of your mind. You still need to take care of your heart, talking about your emotions. You still need to take care of your spirit. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then you start falling apart in one way or another. And it becomes hard to actually keep going towards your goals for finances or for business or for anything else. Yeah, it is. There are those pillars that hold you up, you know, and if one pillar falls, the whole thing falls down. Like you need those, those pillars of, to just kind of hold you up and keep you stable on whatever it is you're working on or trying to change. Yeah. And the fifth one that's like a little bit less intuitive is the social aspect Mm -hmm. because we are social beings. Yeah. Introverts included, you still need to have some social interaction, even if it's just with that one person that gets you. Yeah. Talking about extroverts, like that's a whole different story, but Yes. Yeah. I like to think I'm like a combination. I always joke and say I'm like the introverted extrovert because I love people. I love getting in front of people and do presentations, but then I'm drained by the end of it. And I also like my time, like even like my husband, I'm like, Hey, let me just go sit in my office. You can do your thing for a little bit. I just need to be here in this space for a while. So I like both aspects, which has been very interesting. Um, but I, I consider myself a rather strange individual at times anyways. So it works. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's an ambivert, which is, kind of like an ambidextrous person that uses both their right and their left hands a person that uses both introverted and extroverted aspects of themselves and mm-hmm. I, I mean honestly every introverted person every extroverted person has some aspect of the other anyways yeah whether or not Absolutely. it's super tiny is a different matter but like there's at least some part yeah absolutely no i completely agree and I mean, wrapping it back around to like careers and finances and like goals and stuff. Um, I, I feel like this might be a good point to bring in the vision board success that I have today because each episode I share a vision board success. So the one for today is to complete the 40 hours, the 40 driving hours requirement um, to be able to get my driver's license. Okay. So I'm not sure. Uh, where you're from, what the requirements are to be able to get your driver's license. But in Utah, there's a minimum of 40 hours. Uh, you have to have practice behind the wheel with either your parent or guardian or some other financially liable person um, in the driver in the passenger seat. And 
this is going to be crazy for some of y'all but i put this on my vision board on november 8th of 2018 which would have put me at 21 years old and i took it off june 14th of 2019 and when i put it up it looks like i had about 18 hours that i had done already and i finished up the other 22 while it was up there and i'd just fill in i had um four little clocks on here each representing 12 hours and obviously the last clock didn't get wholly filled in but i just filled in each little hour for each little increment of time i did <laughs> and it it created a visual aspect to the goal instead of like 40 hours um that doesn't look very visual that's clock <laughs> <laughs> but then by using an actual analog clock face it helped me to visualize it more and feel like i was actually progressing instead mm -hmm. of just well there was another 10 minutes that's like what uh 0.5 per... percent um <laughs> and it helped motivate me a little bit more to get it because it was like okay now i can actually see it and see that i'm progressing with it mm-hmm and I don't know if you have much experience with vision boards or not. Um, but for me, it's been a tool that's been helpful and um, got another vision board success off just this last week. So when that one rolls around in a future episode, I'll be excited to hear that one. Um, but just sharing to say like, hey, it's possible to do your thing and get your goals. Even if it's as simple as, putting in the 40 hours to be able to get your driver's license. And I know plenty of people that completely disregard that rule. <laughs> I grew up with so many kids around me that are just like, Oh yeah, I did like maybe 10 and my parents were like, yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> yep. I'm like, yep. that does not instill confidence in me to get on the road. Right. Uh -huh. Please actually know how to drive first. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. It definitely needs to be taken a little more seriously than sometimes it is. <laughs> yeah. And like, you can talk about like natural talent and arbitrary rules, but like this one, this one I feel like is warranted. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. No, I mean, I grew up riding dirt bikes and four wheelers and my dad would bring school buses home and we'd drive them through the backyard. I mean, so I knew how to drive before I was even 15, but I still did the required hours with the yeah. supervisor, then going through driver's ed class too, because it is, and it's a scary thing. A car can be, it's a pretty big deal. So. Yeah. Well, it makes me think about, you hear those commercials with for different medications and everything. And it's like, consult with your doctor before, before uh, driving heavy machinery mm -hmm. and, your brain like always goes to forklift yes yeah <laughs> and then you like actually think about it they're they're probably talking about cars hmm <laughs> i should just say that though like we're operating any kind of vehicle there right you go. <laughs> instead of heavy machinery it's like before yes. getting in your car yep <laughs> realize if this medication is going to screw you up <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh yeah funny laugh on that <laughs> But yeah, it, and your goals don't have to be starting a business to be considered a goal. It can be, okay, I mean, the last one I just got was getting a particular board game I wanted. Mm -hmm. And where I just explained a little earlier that like, 
money isn't exactly something that I have in extreme quantities at the moment, that was something that was like, okay, like let's work towards this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And no goal is too big or too small as long as you know the right steps to be able to get it. Yeah, I agree. And, and knowing too that it's not always in our timing either. Doesn't mean we're yeah. never going to achieve the goal. It just might, we might not achieve it when we want to, but putting it in place says, okay, I want this to happen and I'm working towards making this happen. And we might go down a different path. We might go completely sideways for a while and eventually reach that goal. Or maybe we never reach that goal because it wasn't meant to be reached and we find a different one. Right. But just knowing that, but I think there's serious value in goal setting and saying, what do I want in life from small to large? You know, do I want that board game or do I want, you know, a $400,000 house, whatever it might be, it's saying, okay, this is where I want to be. And let's just, let's set this in place and work towards it. Right. And I've got a duplex on my vision board at the moment too, because I want to be able to say, okay, like I want a house, but I also don't want to pay all the rent so I can rent out the other side and mm-hmm. have someone else live there. And I'm helping them out by providing a place to live and they're helping me out by paying part of my rent. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. <laughs> at that point it's mortgage, but you know. <laughs> Still though, it's an asset at that point, And then you get to cover your mortgage payment. That's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. And bring this back around to kind of, um, here you're talking about high schoolers and other stuff. Um, a comment I was thinking about earlier with all the women thinking, oh yeah, I want to be a nurse or I want to be in cosmetology or whatever the other one you said was. It's like, my wife's a CNA and she works for a home health and hospice company. So she's mostly just dealing with like old people, not really anything in like a intense uh, hospital or ER type of situation but it's still disgusting and so it's like okay like you said have you job shadowed do you know what you're actually getting into like this isn't gray's anatomy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot more fluids and nastiness and like engineering that's a lot more thinking and a lot more long hours in front of a drawing board and being a doctor it's a lot more than just like wearing a lab coat and for me that's why it was so hard to be able to come up with what kind of career I wanted as a kid I'm like people ask me like hey what do you want to be I'm like not a doctor and not in a cubicle besides that I'll figure it out (laughs) yeah but I think you make a valid point it's just as important to figure out what you don't want to do and don't like because it, it, hey, it's eliminating stuff off your options. That's great. That narrows your list down. And I think people take that for granted too. It's like, no, go try stuff. Because if you hate it, well, now you know. That's great. That eliminates this whole option for you. Right. And after my first job working in the restaurant industry, I decided I didn't want to do that either. That eliminates mm-hmm. like a whole, I don't know exactly, but I'm going to guess 30% of the job market because yep. everyone wants to eat. And I don't want to be involved in that type of a business because it's not fulfilling to me. And it's mm-hmm. not like I'm dissing the industry. I go out to eat. Mm-hmm. I utilize the industry and it's great, but it's not for me. And that's exactly. okay. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And some people it is okay for and they love it. And that's awesome. There is nothing wrong with that. Right. And some people love the cooking part of it. Some people love the managing part of it. Some people like the franchise part of it and some mm-hmm 
people like being the CEO and other people are okay just being the dishwasher. Some people like get really passionate about washing dishes and I'm like, okay, awesome for you. That's not me. Okay. Yeah. Kudos, like good. Uh, not me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, and the other benefit that I had and kind of threw this idea out for those listening to consider the possibility of this. I knew as a 12 year old that I wasn't going to go to college unless I knew what I needed out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to go spend money out of my nose to get a piece of paper unless I know that I'm going to go work a particular career that requires that particular piece of paper. Yeah. And so to take that idea and say, okay, rather than just jumping into college, maybe you should jump into the career field and start testing the waters in where you think you might enjoy. Get entry-level stuff. And in certain careers, entry-level means you have to have the piece of paper. Consider if it's actually worth it to you. Figure out more about it from behind the behind the wall, as it were, before you decide to jump both feet in. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say it's the wrong thing for you either. It's just figure more out about it before you start dishing out these hundred thousand bucks, like you said, a bachelor's cost. Yeah. On average. Yeah. And that's just public. I mean, private's even more. And it is. It, I think there's serious value. And, and high school students have the benefit. If you're in high school and you're a teenager, you have the benefit. If you reach out to a professional and say, hey, can I job shadow you or do an informational interview with you? Or do you have any internships? I mean, very rarely somebody can turn down a teenager. They're going to be like, no, absolutely. Let me share my career with you. I'd love to do that. Like, let me bring you in and let you see this. Like, let's give you a tour of the facility. You know, it's like you said, try it out when it doesn't cost you anything. Like there's nothing wrong with college, but college isn't for everybody either. And that's, I think where we've gone wrong in society is knowing that, oh, everybody has to go to college. No, everybody doesn't have to go to college. Are there careers that you have to go to college? Absolutely. But that also means you don't have to go pay a hundred thousand dollars for college either, just because you have to go there. I mean, there's so many things out there and that people just it just blows my mind. So I'm like, you come out with a hundred thousand dollar degree or even $50,000 and your starting pay is only 30 something or 40 something, or maybe 50 something that doesn't even balance out. It doesn't even add up. It's okay. You just took out more for debt and you're not even making that any year salary from your career field. And it's just weighing those things. And I think a lot of people, we don't as a society really consider that and actually lay out those numbers or lay out. What does that look like? If I actually do that, what is that payment? How much of my budget is going to go back to repaying student loans and for how long? And I just, there needs to be a lot more conversation around those things. And I love that 12, you were like, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to either figure it out before I go, or I'm not going to go until I figure it out. I I love that because that we need to have more of that. Um, I read an article the other day that showed a 300% increase in student debt since 2003. Oh, wow. 300%. I was like, that should not even be a thing. That should not have happened. That's insane. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just thinking out loud here about something you said um, a second ago um, with, okay, you get this $100,000 or $150,000 in debt for the degree, and then you're only making a fraction of that once you actually get into the career. 
thinking out loud, I'm thinking, okay, does it make sense to kind of compare, okay, it took me four years to get the degree. If I can get it paid back in four years, is that a, is that the right kind of trade? And I don't know the answer to that. I'm just thinking out loud here saying, okay, does that make sense? Does it make sense to say, okay, if I took this long to earn it, the piece of paper, the degree, if I take that long to earn it money wise back, is that worth it? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if you have chime in on that part, Tracy. No, I definitely agree. And I think it's, some of that is kind of your own personal preference. I mean, how fast would you like to be out of student loan debt? I mean, if you go a standard repayment, you're looking at 10, 20 years easily. And if not even more, and typically by the end of that, you pay double what you actually took out. So right. it's a goal of people to, yes, if you do get student loan debt, you know, pay off as fast as you possibly can, but what is realistic? You know, how fast could you pay it off? Could you not pay it off for 10 years, no matter how much money you threw at it? then maybe it's not worth that investment yet until you can pay it off in five years or less. Um, because it is, it's outrageous. I talked to a gentleman a couple of weeks ago who had taken out, I want to say it was around 100,000 student loan debt. And mind you, he's in his you know early 50s at this point. He's wanting to do a career change, wanting to get his finances in order. He still owes $180,000 on his student loan debt. It is just nothing but compounded year after year. His payments only go to interest. And that's what people find themselves in. It's not even so much the debt. It's what happens when that debt sticks around <laughs> that causes yeah. the biggest issues. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those listening that aren't in this trap yet, be aware. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those listening that are in the trap, be aware and start looking and finding solutions. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get a side hustle. Do something. Get rid of that stuff before it owns you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not easy to crawl out of the hole once you're in it because it keeps getting dug out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if you learn about finances and you learn about how money actually works, then you can start to understand what options are actually good that you have before you instead of like <laughs> so my wife i've been getting these like you you know what they are if you've gotten them but like the hey you're pre-qualified for this credit card or hey you're pre-qualified for this loan blah, in the mail right oh yes I've been getting these for I don't know how many months, if not years at this point. My wife got her first one, like, last week. Oh, and she opens it up and she's like, wait, they just give us $5,000? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, how do we sign up? And I'm like, Google, average APR for this particular company. I'm like, um, yeah, so we could sign up for it, but if we held it for a year, we would owe them um, uh, $19,500. And, fi $19, and she's just like, what? Yep. Because <laughs> the APR was 390%. Oh my gosh. Like average. I'm like, are you like actually kidding me? Like, no wonder these like that that mm -hmm. is a predatory company 
<laughs> yes, they all are. I mean, shoot, those credit card companies start hitting kids as soon as they graduate high school. Like, hey, you're 18, so here are credit card applications. Guess what? You get free money. Guess what? You can do this. I mean, my brother got sucked into that hardcore, and I mean, he's just about finally digging himself out, but his credit is shot because he's had stuff in collections and I mean, all these things because he's like, I work at Target. I'm in school. I make no money, and I took out all this debt on credit cards because they gave it to me. And yeah. it's, yeah, it can, it's, it can burn you, and it is... Ugh, just not a fun place to be <laughs> yeah and so i told her i'm like okay well this other one i got she might get it eventually but this one that i've gotten i'm holding on to because i'm like okay like worst case scenario i can maybe do this it's a 24.4 percent annual interest rate i'm like okay that's like reasonable it's not great but it's reasonable you're not owing $58 a day like the other one. Because <laughs> yeah. I did the math. I'm like, okay, if we held it for a year, it'd be 19500 If we held it for six months, it would be if we held it for three months, if we held mm -hmm. it for a month, if we held it for a week, if we held it for a day, $58 a day. I'm just like, no wonder people never get out of these. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. So check your interest rates if you're in that trap and um get some debt consolidation loans or something with a lower interest rate so you can start to breathe again as it were and get rid of those ones that are in the hundreds yeah right? and i mean the debt snowball works fabulously just paying off the smallest debt just throwing everything you have extra at that smallest debt and just snowballing it into the next one and into the next one and celebrate those little wins along the way. Like, sweet, oh, yeah. I paid off a $100 credit card. Awesome. Celebrate. Yay. Don't go out and have a dinner, but just celebrate at home. Like, yes, we paid off our credit card. Awesome. On to the next one. And just to keep yourself going, because it is possible to get out of it, but it seems like you're looking at a mountain and you feel like you have to jump to the top instead of climb your way up there. Yeah. And there's calculators out there. If you just Google, like, mm -hmm. financial debt calculators or... I don't know the keywords, but you can find ones that are like, okay, put in all the different debts you have, the amounts, the minimums, and then the interest rates, and it'll tell you a sensible order to pay them off. You can either mm -hmm. go by the smallest or by the lowest interest rates, and it'll help you figure out how to do that snowball in your favor instead of against you. Yep. Yeah. And I have, I have a spreadsheet. I do the same thing with my clients and it's fabulous because it's always fun to show them and it gives them hope because a lot of time you have that debt and you feel like you, you can't see up here. You're just drowning down here at the bottom. And when you can actually lay it all out and say, oh, wow, that's possible. If I could find just a hundred dollars extra every month in my budget to throw on this and throw them in this order and I could pay off that much faster. And it's just so nice to like show them like, look, it is possible. Here's all you need to do is, you know, move these things around or shift your order or find this much extra money um, to show that it is possible. And the spreadsheet does, it does both. It shows like if you don't do any snowball at all, if you do a debt snowball, interest snowball, whichever, typically the, the debt snowball and interest snowball by either by balance or by interest rate, they come out almost about the same time, almost every time within about a month or two of each other, which hmm. is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The the other point there is like, like you said, just being able to visualize it because mm -hmm. even if it's 10 years or 20 years, like you can see, oh, if I start snowballing it in my favor and start bringing it down, it's now 15 years. That's enough motivation for most people to go work like a Saturday 
doing something and earning a hundred bucks on a Saturday mm-hmm. or like yeah. even 25 bucks every Saturday of the month, a hundred bucks now in a month. Now you have that much more you can put towards it. And it just shrinks down that time by a ton. Good. Cause I yeah. did the financial calculator just last week as my wife was pulling out that thing. <laughs> like, okay, like let's, let's show you how this works. <laughs> oh, yeah. she, she grew up, she grew up in a country town where like she was not exposed to any kind of this stuff. Like I was growing up in the city. So it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You don't know. Let's teach you. <laughs> yep. yep. And not like I know everything either, but it's like, okay, let's show, show what I know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. Cause I mean, it is, it's not taught. I mean, I like here in Ohio, like our schools have a requirement that they're supposed to teach financial literacy, but it's not a required class. And all the classes that I have seen that are financial literacy in high school, it's more on the, like they talk investments and sometimes retirement, more on the like business side of it. I'm like, they don't do budgets. They don't talk about debt and credit cards and going to school for free. I mean, they don't talk about any of those things. I'm like, to me, that's personal finances is managing the day-to-day and your immediate stuff and planning for your future but you can't plan for your future if you don't got this together first (laughs) right it's like oh i'm putting money into my 401k but i can't eat tonight it's like exactly you have a problem yep there's a big problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) and this is my perspective and everyone's welcome to their own opinion on this one but for me i'm like okay i'd rather be in control of my money than put it into a 401k that I don't even know what the situation is going to be when I'm supposed to take that out. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I trust myself more than the people dealing with the 401k. Yeah. So <laughs> and and considering the fact that I trust myself a little bit less in finances now than I did a couple of years ago when I was making the monthly payments on my credit cards to have them completely paid off. So that's still saying something. <laughs> No, I, I totally understand that. And I will say there are, I mean, there's some awesome, amazing financial advisor planners out there that do amazing things with investments and help people. I mean, I have a couple in my network that I absolutely love and send clients to all the time, but there are plenty out there that just like in the nursing field, they probably shouldn't be in the career field they're in because they're in it for the wrong reasons. They're not really there to help people and they don't understand everything that they are doing. And yeah. so they're not maximizing for the client. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there's more investment options than the stock market. There's more investment options than your 401k or IRA or whatever the other one is. And they're safer. They may or may not give as much back, but you're less likely to lose it all. And when I talked with, uh, I think it was Derek Van Ness a couple weeks ago, we went further into that type of a discussion because that's what he does is he helps people to figure out okay you're trying to cut back on your taxes you're trying to invest like let's talk about this mm-hmm. so if you want to learn more about that go and listen to that episode with Derek Van Ness but I, I think the biggest thing from this conversation is just like well, do what you have to to become financially literate and it's awesome that you've taken that calling or that mission on you tracy to be able to help other people with that um kind of feel like we're wrapping up here i'm not sure what other thoughts you have to share before we end 
No, I definitely agree. I think just going to that, there's the resources are out there. And if you are a self-starter, there's resources for you. If you need more help or guidance, there's resources. I mean, I do, I have offer all kind of op options for my clients, but it is just that aspect of need to understand your money. And I get it. Not everybody likes money. They don't like to talk about money. They don't want to think about money. Ugh, the sound of a budget makes them like, Ugh, I hate it. It's awful. But the reality is it actually gives you the freedom that you want to have with your finances by getting them in order and controlling them. Because otherwise, at the end of the day, your money's controlling you. At the end of the month, you have more month left instead of money when you aren't in control and you don't understand what's going on with your money. And so just getting that knowledge and that understanding is so important and valuable because otherwise you stay locked in this paycheck to paycheck cycle or drowning in debt or just the life that you're not, you want to live this life, but you're stuck in this one and you can't get to that one until you make that happen. Um, I, I always like to joke with people when it comes to careers, like, oh, money doesn't matter. And I'm like, money should not be your determining factor. You don't pick a career based on money, but money is important because if you don't have any money, you can't do any of the things you want to do and you're stuck in a bad position unless you do it right. You know, if it's like, hey, I want to work in a nonprofit and run a nonprofit, that's awesome. No, you're not going to have a lot of money in that. So what can you do to still set yourself up for success instead of just being miserable and living paycheck to paycheck, barely making ends meet because you have a small salary. Right. So it's just making the right decisions for you. But a lot of that does come to education. You need to understand it first and know what's going on in order to make the best decision for yourself. Yeah. We'll, we'll even add a couple thoughts to that as well that I just had is um, we from a particular school of thought on finances, I had determined that budgets weren't what I wanted to do because it was quote unquote limiting my mind mm -hmm. that money was finite or something like that. Like there's not infinite abundance. And I'm like, still not entirely sure what I think on that, but it, I just created a rough budget. Like I said, that week ago when I was talking to my wife about finances, and now it's feeling a lot more liberating because it's like, okay, yeah, there's still potential to have things come in from outside this budget that are unexpected and welcome. But now I can understand, okay, you put this much towards this, put this much towards this, put this much towards this. And now we have how much extra to put towards the bills to pay them off sooner. Like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and it's like, from the rough budget I made, it's like... I could even pull it up real quick. What was the, yeah. So like 20% of the income that we have from the rough budget I made, we should be able to afford putting towards extra on bills, which for a lot of people is like really, really awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so it's like, okay, like if you make a budget, even if it's just a rough budget, like, okay, we earn roughly this much and roughly have these expenses and groceries are this much and okay, how much extra is left over? Okay, well, where it makes the most sense to put this. Okay, take a little bit out for fun money so you actually still are enjoying the fact that money exists. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's important. It is, yeah. And even if it's a buck or two, something. Make sure you're still enjoying the fact that money exists. Otherwise, you're not going to want it. And then right. you're going to push it away. And then it's going to take you longer to get out of this trap. Mm -hmm. It is really well set up. 
Yes. So it's like, okay, where can you put that extra money and make sure you have some fun money? Yep. Um, and just budgets are okay and abundance exists and we can step into the stream. And as of right now, I feel like it's okay to have a budget and have abundance. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive at this point, unlike that one particular school of thought that I'd heard that from. No, I agree. A budget, and a, I mean, really, a budget is free, and it's not a budget, it's a plan for your money. You're telling your money where you want it to actually go instead yeah. of it just disappearing and being like, well, wait a minute, I make $100,000 a year. How do I have nothing left? How am I living paycheck to paycheck? When you start budgeting, you're like, oh my gosh, I spent $300 at Starbucks this month. Had no clue. Like you don't know those things. And if you don't want to spend $300 a month at Starbucks, now you're aware of it. And now you can say, okay, I can shift that. Maybe I'm only going to spend a hundred, but now I have $200 extra that I can do to, you know, putting towards debt or putting towards my savings or maybe a vacation, whatever it is. And I a hundred percent agree. Every single client I have, I'm like, build in fun money. doesn't mean you need to give yourself a thousand dollars a month you be practical with it, but build yourself something in there because otherwise you do, you lose motivation when all your money's going towards debt and you're not doing anything in life. You're not enjoying life. Like, yes, yeah, still enjoy life. Just be smart about it. You know, say, okay, you know, maybe I can only do a hundred dollars a month fun money. And that's for, if I want to get coffee or I want to go out with friends, or maybe I want to go do, you know, a little getaway or whatever it might be. But get a board game. <laughs> yes, exactly. A board game. Yes. Like build it in your budget. That's what a budget is. It is you, you telling your money where to go instead of your money controlling what you can do. Yeah. And I just had another thought. What was it? Oh, come on. What was it? Yeah. Whatever that thought was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like it when that happens. <laughs> I know, but it happens to all of us, and you just like it'll hit you later, and you're like, "Aha, that's what it was." Yeah, I'm like, do I create a snippet at the end now that I remember it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and oh, that's what it was. Uh, it's like when you're going towards a goal, and you're telling your brain, "Work really hard to get this goal," and you're doing nothing for your brain. Your brain's like, "Excuse me, you're overworking me and underpaying me. I don't want to do this anymore." Mm -hmm that's yourself too it's like okay are you overworking yourself and underpaying yourself like one of the first things i often hear from people that talk about money is make sure you're paying yourself first mm -hmm. and okay maybe it's not a lot because you need to pay bills but like make sure you're paying yourself if it's savings and it's fun money i recommend both and i, I don't know if you would as well tracy but savings really helps to be like, okay, maybe the interest rate on my savings isn't as good as the interest rate going against me on all these bills, but it creates a cushion. Mm -hmm. yeah. And me and my wife were able to do that with our tax return. It was like, okay, um, now we have a cushion so that we're not stressing, okay, do will we have enough money for this month? Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, we have enough money for the next month at least, and we are both working at this point, so it'll keep going. Yep. Emergency savings are extremely important because, like you said, they are that cushion, they're the buffer, but what they're buffering is you going further into debt or you having an unexpected expense come up that you can't afford. And then instead of putting it on credit cards and having to go further and you're, you know, digging that hole deeper, you're like, nope, I got this. That is what this is for. 
and it helps pay for that. So you don't have to, you know, put yourself further into, you know, depression by being like, oh, great, there's another thousand dollars debt I have to pay back now. Right. Yeah. There, there's lots of resources out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are free. And even people that have you pay for stuff often will have something for free to help get you started. And then once you get to the point where you can start to be like, okay, let's actually figure this out with someone like Tracy, then you're able to be like, okay, now that I've gotten a little bit better, let's actually start to figure this out for real. Yeah. And so for people wanting to work with you, Tracy, how could they find you? Yeah, so my website is a really good place to start to kind of learn a bit more about me and kind of the services that I offer. And so it's just uh, www.designandrenew.com, all spelled out. Um, or they can always, you know, call or text me too. My the best phone number might is 614-434-6536. I'm always happy to take a call from somebody or send a text message back, and it goes directly to me. It's not anything automated or anything like that. Just to kind of get. You know, if they have quick questions or anything like that, or want to learn some more about what it, what options exist for them. Awesome. Well, that's really generous of you to give your phone number out on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, if you are struggling right now with your finances, like I can tell Tracy's a really good person to talk with about this. We had a really great conversation here and I can tell that she knows her stuff and she's doing it for the right reasons. Because like we mentioned, there's people out there that get into careers because, oh, it's money. Yay. I can earn a lot of money by screwing over a bunch of people. We mentioned the fact that predatory companies exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's people out there with malintent. Yes. And I feel like Tracy is one of the people out there with good intent. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. And yes, there is. There's a lot of people out there that are there to help. And then there's some that they're, they're more to help themselves. <laughs> yeah. And everyone gets their choices in life. But your choices also affect how other people treat you. Mm -hmm. So if you're out there trying to hurt people, they will probably return in kind and stop being around you. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to help people, they will probably return in kind and want to be around you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. It's really simple when you put it in those terms. It's just not easy to put into practice. (laughs) Yep. Yep, it is. It's a struggle sometimes, but you know, you got to just be like, who do I want to be? Like, yeah. or do I want to be this person or this person? Yeah, simple and easy aren't exactly the same thing. Yep. Yep. But, I tell people that all the time in finances. I'm like, the money system, it is the system I use with my clients, it is simple, but doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. But often simple is good. Not mm-hmm. always, but often simple yep. is good. So, yep. yep. Well, well, any last thoughts before we actually wrap this one up? No, I, I think that's, a, that's it. I think we've had a great conversation. It's been awesome being on the, on your podcast and being able to be a guest. So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, you're welcome. And just one final thought for the listeners, you can rewrite your stars. If it happens to be that you are before the money trap or after the money trap, you can decide how you're going to do it. There's resources to help you. Tracy's awesome. Um, I'm not as versed as she is, but I'd be happy to help you as well. Uh, head on over to starlightmentoring.com if you're interested in finding more out about what I do or working with me. And just find the people out there that are there to help you. 
I think that's one of the biggest things with anything in life, but particularly finances. Find the people willing to help you that actually want to help you instead of helping themselves by kind of helping you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can rewrite your stars, bring people on the show to prove it's possible. And we'll see you next week.